Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real-life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. In small business, you'll always hear the most important is dot, dot, dot. The most important thing is taking the action. The most important thing is hustle. The most important thing is having passion. The most important thing is being committed to your business. And those are all critical. You need to have all of those things, but nothing really takes over for experience. Having experience in life, having experience in other things that you can bring to your business are critical to having success. This is Adam Kittness, host of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. Appreciate you being here with me on the podcast and C-Suite Radio. They are a great partner for me and a great platform, hundreds of podcasts that you can listen to in addition to my own. Also, I wanna thank my sponsor, The Wine Ambassador, which is the world's fastest growing wine club. If you like wine, if you want to get free wine, if you wanna make money on wine, go to wineadam.com and just check it out. Uh, have wine delivered to your house, takes the guesswork out of good wines, and you can have them delivered to you on a monthly basis. Today, we're going to talk to a gentleman who has learned a tremendous amount during his career, doesn't come from your typical corporate background, uh, worked his way through school, traditional work, has a job, but also has started three successful businesses at the same time. So we're gonna learn not only how his experience translated into starting those businesses, but also how does he manage having a job and a business? Because for a lot of you out there, entrepreneurship may be a goal and it may be you're, you're currently working in a job and you can learn from what he has to say. Others of you have a lot of other commitments, family commitments, life commitments, and it can get in the way of your entrepreneurial journey, the business that you have started. So we wanna learn from him on how does he manage his time how does he use the experiences that he's had in his life to run three successful businesses? Marcos Correa, thanks for being on the show today. I appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome. I, I'm always interested to talk to people that, that have done different things on their entrepreneurial path. And, and you told me that you're still working in your job, but you started three different businesses. What, what led you to want to start a business because when you have other commitments in your life, starting a business isn't the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, a lot of folks start businesses, um, just because they, they, you know, don't want to work for someone else. They, um, or some folks will, uh, start businesses just out of experiment. Um, my, mine is, uh, I would say, uh, I, I love to work for myself and also I love supporting small businesses as well. Um, I've grown a uh, network of small businesses locally and, and even across uh, the country now that um, I, I love watching their journey and I love helping contribute to their success just as well. I mean, I'm not all about my own success. I love watching other businesses succeed. And uh, if I can contribute to any of that uh, myself, whether it's through um, uh, consulting or advising or even just, you know, moral support, I'm all for that. So uh, I've, I love supporting small businesses, my passion. So I think um, that's really what steered me to where I am today. Um, I do uh, work a full-time job and uh, I've got a family as well. Um, two uh, children with one more on the way. And uh, so it is a juggle. And, uh, but I think if you really enjoy it and it's your passion, you, you really make it work. And uh, I really don't think it's 
to me, I don't think it's really that hard um, because I do enjoy it so much. I mean, there are some days where I'm only, you know, I'm hustling all day and all night and I'm only getting three or four hours of sleep versus the normal seven or eight. But, you know, if you have that passion and will, you can get up and do that day to day if needed. Obviously, I don't do that every day, but um, <laughs> you know, if, if needed, uh, you know, we pull through. And I think if you have that passion, um, it, it's not as hard as you think it may be. Well, I love that. And congratulations on the baby on the way and on the family. Thank you. Love to hear that. Now, you, you mentioned that you have a network of small businesses around, the, uh, around where you live and that is branched out to around the country. In, in your, your day job, we'll call it, did, were you working with small business owners or did you build this network on the side? No, this is completely on the side. So my, my full-time um, job is actually completely unrelated. It's actually for a um, um, regional telecom provider um, uh, on the engineering side. So, um, and of my three businesses, um, they are not related to each other at all. One is a bakery, another one is a carpentry service, and then this most recent one that I'm really excited about is uh, um, business coaching and consulting. So um, all four of those, you would say, are completely unrelated to each other. So um, I would say it's it's it been somewhat experimental getting into different uh, industries and, and trying out different things, but uh, it, it, I love the journey. That's fantastic. And you said that your, your first business was a little bit out of necessity. Um, you were going through some family situations and you needed a little more money. And you, so you started a, a bakery out of your home. Like, that's not one of the, the easier things to do if, if, you're, if you're looking for extra income, right? In today's gig economy, you can go drive for Uber you can, or Lyft. You can um, deliver food through a number of different sources. There's lots of ways to make money. Why did you choose home-based bakery as that path to make more money? Um, well, it, it costs the least amount of money to start up in my mind. I had a lot of the resources and tools and, uh, you know, to be able to start up with the least amount of money. Um, so I, it honestly just started with, um, selling to friends and family and, uh, getting some, uh, small sample size of how things go and, uh, just kind of went up from there. And, uh, I went, met my uh, wife in the process as well. Actually, our first date was, um, baking bread together. So, um, instead of breaking bread with individuals, we instead just baked bread together as our first date. So a lot of people get a kick out of that. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So what is, is it bread? You bake cookies? Do you bake anything that people want? Is it cooked to order? What are, what are you doing? Um, so it's mostly just breads at the moment and uh, jams. We're actually working with some wholesale agreements on some uh, uh, local businesses to um, um, distribute some um, spices and other salsas and things like that. So um, that's been uh, a fun journey. I mean, we, we sell to um, mostly local markets in Virginia and um, we're right now in the process of starting up our Etsy shop to uh, um, distribute across the country. And that, that's a huge jump, right? It, it's, you're not just making a couple hundred bucks here and there as a side gig, making some bread. You've actually turned this into a business, which has led others to come to you and say, Hey, Marcos, how did you do that? Can you help me as well? I mean, that's a lot of my journey at the same time is, is people see you and they see what you're doing and they want to learn from you. So in that, when you're, you're baking a few loaves of bread here and there, how did you turn that into something of scale that now you can actually go national? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it it has grown my network of, uh, of friends and uh, businesses, and they, they really have watched a lot of, uh, you know, when you're in the small business world, you do grow a network of, of businesses that, um, and if you've got the right 
group of businesses, they, they, everyone supports each other. So you watch their support, you lend your help there. And, and likewise, they, they help contribute. It's, it's, it is a real community. So, um, in that close knit community, um, if someone sees that they can help in any way, they either lend their help or they can you know, offer something to help. Uh, and, and it really works well that way. So, um, I, I had some business friends that, uh, that were, I wouldn't say struggling, but they just, they needed to revamp or, or grow. And they, they came to me and they asked, you know, how, what is your strategy? How do you, um, Customers, what is the best way to grow my business? And uh, I, I led them to a community focus, and uh, uh, I like to promote a lot of community focus when I'm consulting and advising a lot of the business friends that I know. And now monetize, monetization it to a um, uh, my third business of consulting. Um, I, that's where I promote a lot is community growth and focus. And uh, a lot of the community, a lot of folks think that their community is only on social media or only digital, where you've got a huge community just outside your front door that you can really dive into and get involved with. And that's where a lot of my promotion and growth goes into. That's fantastic. And, and it, uh, social media has, has been almost the detriment as much as it's been the success of small businesses around. A lot of people out there are... I don't know if it's fear, I don't know if it's they don't know what to say, but they don't get involved in their community. Maybe they don't know where to go to find those people. Have you found, or where have you found different groups that have become that community? Are there different organizations that, that you're part of or you direct people to, or how do you do that? Um, well, I've directed a lot of folks to um, just local chambers. Um, a lot of people really underestimate the power of a local chamber and the power of um, local community events. Um, uh, one of the uh, businesses that I that I work with, um, I really have pushed um, the idea of sponsorships in local events, such as um, local athletics and, and sponsorships to um, local athletic uh, groups or 5Ks or anything like that, that you can get your name and your brand out there. Not necessarily just put your brand in your slapping your logo out somewhere, but actually going out there and being involved and maybe putting in some volunteer time. Um, maybe at a charity or some type of food drive where you can actually have a face out there and the, you become familiar with the community and the community becomes familiar with you. And then suddenly when that community is in need of whatever services or whatever product it is you're offering, you're a familiar face and you're, you become one of the first ones to go to. That's great. And now the big thing I get, right. You can, something you can do at home. It's something you can do with your wife and, uh, Sounds like you, she helps you run that. So it's not just a business of one. The, the business consulting and coaching that you do makes sense that people come to you. Now, now where does the carpentry fit in, right? Because that's still a business that you work on and, and yeah. it's something that you make money from. How does that fit in? Because that's a labor intensive job. Yeah. So um, actually with my carpentry business, when I was a kid, um, you know, eight, nine, 10 years old, I actually spent a lot of time in my grandfather's shop. Uh, he was a carpentry uh, at trade for years and years, I mean, decades. And I spent a ton of time with him. So um, it was something that I, I really enjoyed when I was a kid. And, you know, I had a little bit of spare time in off seasons and the baking season, you do have a little bit of an off season. Um, I had not yet started up the consulting, but I had a little bit of off season and time to work with. So I wanted to play around with some things and uh, I decided to buy a few tools that I needed and started putting some things together and uh, people loved it and uh, just got some eyes, uh, ideas off Pinterest like anyone else. I'm, I am one of the few guys on Pinterest. <laughs> um, 
So I did get some ideas and people loved it. I made a few items for the house and, uh, you know, people loved it. So I started, you know, selling to them, anyone who wanted it. And it, with, with, with very different businesses, you can have the same customer, right? You can have the same customer that buys your bread, that buys some of your carpentry work and that comes to you for consulting. So you, you could have three in one. Yeah, absolutely. So I have grown, um, you know, some of my customers have overlapped between businesses. And uh, what I'll do is, you know, with one business, uh, say, for example, if I sell them a carpentry piece, I'll throw in some item or two of the bread side. And uh, if it happens to be a business, I'll offer some type of consulting if needed um, and, and kind of wrap bundled all together if, if they're needed, even if it's not just the actual service, but even the offer so that there's awareness that I don't just do this or I don't just do that. I have other options that I can help you with as well. Well, I love the fact that, that you don't shy away from your other businesses and, and get people involved. But how do you, how do you balance that with, with somebody? How do you bring it up where, hey, I also do this? Um, it, it honestly, it's just, I, it's hard to say it's just through small talk, but I think, uh, a lot of my biz businesses are promoted through Facebook and, uh, um, someone that will see one will, um, see pretty clearly that I've got other items going on. I, I do share a lot of my work as well on, on all three of my sites. And I, um, will honestly just say, Hey, you know, if I'm selling them, you know, some type of bread or product like that, I'll say, Hey, if you need anything for your home. I also do this on the side and I'll just literally send them the page for that. Or if it's a business, I'll, you know, uh, I'll do some, um, I'm actually working with a business that I'm doing a lot of refurnishings for their, um, it's ironically, it's a bakery in uh, another <laughs> town of, of, of just a town away. And uh, I've offered consulting solutions for them. They've been around for 12 years and you wouldn't think that they need consulting, but um, I've found that a lot of businesses, not necessarily just one to three years old need consulting, but even those 10 to 15 years old really need something to help modernize themselves and bring themselves up to speed. And, and I feel like a lot of businesses at the seven, eight, 10 year uh, mark, especially the local to medium size are really stagnant and they're looking for that extra push or momentum to try to drive them into the next level. And you bring up a really interesting point there in that every business can have a consulting arm to it, whether you're an accountant or a hardware store owner or a baker or a, a carpenter, you can be a consultant. You can have an extra stream of income. You can have an extra business because there are people that need your advice. Even if they look successful, one little piece of advice could push them in a, in a whole new area of growth. And it sounds like you've been able to do that successfully and people actually seek you out for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of businesses, like I said, even at the eight to 10 year mark, they've been there for eight to 10 years. I mean, they've surpassed that, that period of uh, questionable success of three to five years. Um, they're pretty uh, solid in the community, but they're um, even, even at that time, they're still looking to grow and they're still looking to, you know, put themselves to the next level. And um, I think a lot of businesses, um, um, whether they may like to admit it or not, could always use that extra piece of advice. I think a lot of businesses will sometimes um, be a little bit stubborn to accept help from other groups. And if they can get past that, and if I can convince them that, hey, you know, I'm not here to change your business. I'm not here to, um, you know, upheave or, or overhaul your entire process of things. I'm just here to offer a few tips and advice of here's where you can get this. Here's where you can get that. Here's where you can get customers here. Here's where you can reach customers here. Um, and I think once you can get them past that uh, and get them to commit to that, uh, to that little bit of trust, it goes a long way. 
You're listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast with Adam Kipnis. We're talking to Marcos Correa about how he's been able to, to build and establish three businesses on top of his family, on top of his full-time job. In, in my world, my job is to help you make more money in your business. I do that through strategic and marketing planning. You can start your marketing plan by getting my book at freebookfromadam.com. It's eight steps to make more money in your business without spending money on marketing or advertising. And Marcos, when, when you started your business, you said you needed money. So you didn't have a whole lot to put into it. You were, you were baking, which obviously was something that was probably a passion of yours or something that you've always done is, is cooking. But when that's a, that's a business, one, you have to bake something and then sell it. And you've got to buy materials and, and be a cook. So how, how did you, and I don't mean to spend the whole time on the baking thing. I just, there's a lot of great stories in there that have, that have transitioned you. How did you really get going? Like, did you buy a bunch of flour and just start baking or did you bake a bread and see if people liked it? Where, where did that really kick off? Yeah, a little bit of both. So uh, I, I honestly, I had a few of the, uh, the tools needed. I mean, I feel like a lot of people have a mixer at home and I've had uh, a pan or two here and there. And I just went to the store and grabbed a, a couple loaves of flour or a couple uh, bags of flour and sugar and kind of just went on my way. And uh, like I said, it started with a few friends and relatives and, and, say, and a lot of those really liked it. And they said, hey, you could probably turn something uh, in make something out of this and it's not just something you can get every day um so i went with that and uh i scaled it up pretty pretty well i would say and uh i never took a dime even with any of my businesses i don't take a dime at all everything is reinvested into businesses which um it's something that i also promote a lot is um reinvesting into businesses and if anything just creating a a nest egg for the business itself if anything were to happen i have not taken a single dime from any of my businesses and uh, i'm not saying everyone needs to do it that way but um if you want to ensure the success of your own business i think that you know reinvestment reinvesting as much as possible is the way to go appreciate that and, and it's different especially when, when you're starting the first one because you need some cash out of it it turned out you didn't because you were able to put it into the business. How do, you, how do you decide where to put your time right now in, in all of your, the different things that you do? I mean, you've got family's important, your job's important, your business are important. How do you allocate your time? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So uh, I get that a lot is I don't, you know, a lot of the comments are, I don't know how you do it, or they're speaking to my wife, I don't know how he does it. And I have a really good support system with her and a su support system with my family. I, uh, um, some of these businesses do have some hot and low time uh, seasons and um, with the baking season, obviously can have its low time and same thing with uh, carpentry. Carpentry actually surprisingly has its, uh, its high and low seasons as well. And, uh, Surprisingly, they don't uh, overlap with each other. So when one is uh, low and the other one's high, and uh, it actually works out pretty well. So I can um, really set time aside uh, at a weekly or even sometimes a full day, uh, being able to put time into one thing. And then uh, I have gotten recently where I've needed to actually allocate and schedule blocks of time for each business. And especially when it comes to the consulting, when I'm working with customers who also have um, their, their schedules that I need to work with. And I've actually had to uh, start blocking off time. Um, but um, as far as when it comes to my family and my full-time job, um, I dedicate my time to my full-time job as needed. Um, outside of that, uh, my family comes first. I put as much time in as needed to there. Um, and uh, whatever I do have left over, uh, like I said, I do mention that uh, um, 
I do stay up you know, sometimes in the evenings <laughs> and nights. Uh, a lot of you know, entrepreneurs will understand you know, 2 a.m. mornings sometimes you, you have to do it. And if that's where the time is that you need to do it, that's where you fit your time in. So why? Why don't you just say, since you're not taking the money out of the business, you don't necessarily need it to live. You want it so the business survives. Why do you put in that, that amount of effort to doing all these different things? Why don't you pair back? Yeah, um, that's a good question. So I, uh, I, I've never really thought too hard about it. I've never really wanted to take an income for it because I don't want to be that person that just, you know, I have all this money sitting on hand. So I'm, I'm, you know, falling, uh, uh, tempted to, you know, suddenly blow money here and there on different things that I don't need. I, I would much rather just keep it into a business. And, uh, if I need to upgrade appliances or tools or whatever, I have that there to be able to do it. Um, and, and I guess the, uh, the other goal is to, I mentioned earlier, I am looking to work for myself soon. I'm looking to get out of my full-time job soon. I think a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs share that spirit as well and wanting to work for themselves. And I'm on this journey to do that. And, uh, um, once I can get there, then, you know, I will be living more off what I can get from businesses. But, uh, at the moment, everything's just sitting there. I don't need it. I, I sustain my, uh, uh, living with what I have right now, my wife as well. And, uh, we don't necessarily need it. If it comes down to it and something were to happen, it's there if needed. But right now it's just reserved for the businesses. I think that's great. And, and I like that you said that because in, in the entrepreneurial space, you'll, you know, a lot of podcasts are about, you know, whatever, Elon Musk or, you know, Steve Jobs, these people that just went out and created something and, and we hear about their entrepreneurial success. But in the real world, most entrepreneurs have some other form of money that sustains them. And usually it's not savings. Usually they can't dedicate 24-7 to their business. They have something else that pays the bills while they're getting their business up and running. And, and, and you're no different. So I think a lot of people listening understand exactly what you're saying. And it sounds like you're pretty um, set on a path. You, you, you allocate your time, you know when, you how to say, all right, we need to block off some time here and there. Are you, are you a scheduled person? Have that, has, is that just part of your personality or is that something you've learned on the journey? So I wouldn't, uh, I mean, if you ask my wife, she will say I'm absolutely not a scheduled person, but I'm, <laughs> I am in, in transition to scheduling at the moment. I, I have never lived by a schedule. I've never been that type of person, but as I've grown and scaled now, I've, I've come to um, admit that I'm going to have to figure it out. So I'm in transition to not necessarily live by a schedule, but have more structure in my schedule. And in that structure, have you brought in, whether it's virtual assistants or employees or teammates or, or, or partners that help you in this, or are you still doing it all yourself with the help of your wife? I'm, I'm really just doing all of it myself. I've brought in some other resources and systems, such as uh, I, I do have a lot of my plan out on um, Trello, and I do a lot of Google Calendar uh, scheduling. So um, I, I integrate those together, and it kind of helps plan out my weeks and stuff. But I mean... Honestly, for the first two or three years, I was living from spreadsheet to spreadsheet. And uh, that's between the businesses and schedules. That's just how my life was at the time. And I think a lot of folks will you know, understand that because that you got to start somewhere. And at the moment, I had that was the tool that I had was you know, I had to make a spreadsheet work and um, keep up with even if just necessarily supplies. But now you're getting into 
um, you're working with other people's schedules. And now, uh, so I've, in, I've brought in some other tools and, to be able to help me with that, such as Trello. And I do use Google Calendar as well. We actually have probably four or five different Google calendars merged, merged together, one for each business and then one just set specifically for family time. Well, I love that. I, we do the same thing because I've got my business, I've got my podcast and I've got real estate and a few other things and, and they all have different cal calendars and, and they all come together. So it, it's interesting. We have sort of parallel lives in that way. So I, I, I want to ask another question. You said you use a lot of tools, which is great. And then you mentioned that you have, you know, you, you're starting an Etsy store. And I think it, you've utilized technology and the resources available to you so you don't have to make life difficult on yourself. You're using what's already out there. How did how do you continue to learn about these things other than than your love of Pinterest? How do you learn about these other tools that are out there and know what's right for you? Um, it's honestly just experimental. Um, I you know in the in the foundation of my businesses, I had zero money to actually invest into um, systems that you pay for. I was using whatever I could grab up and snatch up that was free. And a lot of these tools, I mean, for the most part. Um, you know, Excel is free and uh, Trello is free and Google calendars is free. And I snatched up as many free resources as possible to be able to make things work. I mean, when you're starting up, especially if you're starting up with no capital, you've got to take advantage of free tools and whatever you have out there. And social media is free. I've promoted a lot of uh, uh, growth on that. Um, so whatever that's free that's out there, I always encourage people to, um, to go with. And that actually includes um, using the community resources as well. I mean, a lot of folks will just dump money into digital advertising and SEO and, and Google AdWords and all that, where they can put that money and maybe not even less money into community and, and being involved in community and, and growing within the community, having some brand awareness and familiarity and not necessarily putting money out there, but putting time out there as well. That's just as, as good as money sometimes. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And, and you just triggered a thought for me because community is very important to you and you've had a lot of your success by being in front of people and meeting people in your community. And you also said you use Facebook, but you, you've mentioned that a lot of people, you know, put money into social media that doesn't work. And one of the things I was taught was social media should be used for amplification, not necessarily initial reach out. And it sounds like you're doing that. You're meeting people, you're getting them into, you're meeting them in your community, they're bringing them into your personal community, and then you're amplifying your message using Facebook. Was that something that was planned, or was that something that you've said, all right, now that I've got these pe people, now I can speak to them in a different way, rather than trying to blast the world with, hey, buy my bread? Right, yeah, no, absolutely, and this is something that I, I um, you know, encourage to a lot of other folks that I work with is, you know, buying likes on Facebook and buying them through paid advertising and just getting people to like your page doesn't really do as much if they're not doing anything for you. Um, and, and for a year or two, I mean, even my own uh, pages, I had um, hundreds of users and likes and that I couldn't do anything with. It, it came through experimenting with engagement with them and um, adding value to them and giving something other than just here's here's what I do, here's what I sell, buy it, um, giving something that adds value so that they can have that level of trust with you um, so that when they are ready to buy something that you do offer, that you're already in their radar by familiarity. 
That, that's amazing. I, I love how you've pulled together so many of these different things. It's been great talking to you and learning about you. I have one final question that I'm sure everyone is dying to know. There's a baking season? Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lot of my uh, seasons, actually, we do a lot of uh, craft shows and vendor fairs and things like that where we actually distribute. And we also have some um, retail agreements as well. But yes, there is actual baking seasons. Uh, the summer months where people are out and about, they're not necessarily buying baked goods. So that tends to be a low season for a lot of bakeries. So it's it's when people are cooped up in their homes wanting wanting jams and breads and things like that. That's that's really where um, we that's our bread and butter. <laughs> he just used air quotes for those of you who are not uh, who don't see us here on YouTube. And and I don't mean to to make light of it. I mean that is an important piece of business. And that's something you don't necessarily think of is understanding what is it, who buys my stuff, why do they buy it, and when do they buy it. And I'm sure knowing that that was probably a critical piece because you could have spent a lot of time and money in the summertime baking stuff that you would have probably had to just give away or throw away if you didn't learn that critical piece. Yeah, absolutely. And it's actually where I had that other time to put into other businesses that I have. And, and actually, um, I was, you know, in that low season where I was kind of, you know, twiddling my thumbs, figuring out what to do. And that's, you know, I could be outside working on carpentry stuff in the meantime. So I'll, I'll switch off seasons and, and do that instead. So like I said, it does work out. But now with the uh, consulting thrown in there, that's kind of an all, all year round thing. So um, which I love. And I absolutely love, like I said, mentioning um, uh, helping small businesses. I love doing that. So I don't know where this is going to transition, but uh, I'm going to continue juggling all three. And uh, I'm looking to grow my consulting and helping grow small businesses out there. Fantastic. And you've got the experience and the know how to do it. Marcos Greya, thanks for being on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast with Adam Kipnis. You can get with me at Adam Kipnis on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And look forward to having you on the next episode. You've been listening to the Entrepreneur's MBA. Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.